So here's a pretty big weed headline for you. To celebrate 50 years of 420, I hear Leafly is giving away one year's worth of free weed. No way. Yes way. That's like my dream prize. Yeah, it's like winning the can of lottery. What would you do if you won, Mike? Uh, I'd probably smoke weed every day. Yeah, you do that already. <laughs> oh yeah, but it would be free. Mm, true. How about you? I'd treat a friend to weed every day. Ah, such a giver. Yeah, well, it's called paying it forward, Mike. Though you are not paying anything. Remember, you get a year of weed from Leafly for free. Yeah, yeah. Mike, yeah. Yeah. So listeners, listen up. This 420, Leafly is pulling out all the stops. Visit leafly.com for all that is weed and wonderful. And to win that year's worth of free weed, sign up on leafly420.com. That's leafly420.com. And and don't forget to follow Leafly for a full celebration of weed throughout April. And by us letting you know, we are lowering our own chances to win. <laughs> but th- that's us being nice and paying it forward. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Leafly420.com. Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. feel like you're bonded differently now we are closer yeah yeah i look at the guy and i'm like i love that guy i can see it i can see how you guys look at each other now there's a whole new bond don't you dare run away again archie oh it was pretty scary mary jane yeah that That was was. real that was real yeah archie the dog uh had an uh off-leash coyote encounter in big bear and the whole thing happened so fast that I like don't think I even had time to sort of blink before you were like a hundred feet away, crouched down with Archie running to you and the coyote making its way off into the woods. But like yeah. the whole thing happened so fast. It happened so fast, and I'm so gl- I saved your dog's life, and it <laughs> saved its life too. It was wild because as it was happening, like I I we had seen Archie like. He was off-leash with us in this beautiful hike in Big Bear, staying close. He's very good with me off-leash all the time, and we do it often on hikes. And he was sticking really close, and then all of a sudden he ran way off ahead, and I thought it was a deer. And then all of a sudden I saw this flash, and I was like, oh, my God, it's a coyote. And I screamed at the top of my lungs, and you started screaming, and you ran. I ran fast. I don't even remember. Like I remember thinking to myself that I was like, oh, my God, this is like Jason Bourne because the trees were flying by. Yeah. I started hearing Archie going, like sounding hurt he was screaming he was screaming Mm -hmm. and i have never gone faster in my entire life towards something and when i yell hey and i heard something happen as soon as it heard my voice and then archie just came sprinting towards me and i grabbed him and then eventually saw you over our shoulder and i was like checking him (laughs) well i'm sorry but it all happened fast it's not like you were strolling along (laughs) you weren't strolling near No, you were there so much faster than I was, though. It's so true. And I'm so glad that Archie has a note on his vet file that he's a naughty dog because he does snap and snarl if you fuck with him. And so I do think that 
in addition to his very thick coat, his little attitude, I mean, he's just a little guy. He would have been a fucking Scooby snack for a coyote, but his attitude kept that coyote a little wary of just like snatching him up. And then you got there and you really saved him. Yeah. You saved the day. And he's okay. He's a little sore, but he's okay. He was exhausted that night and you were exhausted too. It was really funny. I've never had more adrenaline. I felt like I was in crank. I came home and I was starving and then I passed out. Yeah. And so did he pushed up against my leg because the adrenaline ran its course and we were just empty and needed a recharge. It was wild to watch. It was truly, uh, I mean, what a a hairy experience in more ways than one. (laughs) Yeah, it was. And thank you for being there for Archie Moo and Archie Moo, I'm so glad you have an attitude and whew, that was the only the only scary time we had in Big Bear. Everything else was beautiful and brilliant, but that was, yeah. And we came out the other side, and I have a strong bond with the guy, and we look at each other with love in our eyes and yeah. hearts. So I, you know what? Coming out the other side with a feel-good feeling is what it's all about for me. <laughs> That's so nice. You know what I'm saying? I do. I mean, what up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? So good. <laughs> Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. This is a podcast about comedy. Cannabis. Culture. Cooking. Calling shit out. And coyotes. And coyotes. And coyote rescues for little terriers who think that they're bigger than they are, but they're just little guys. <laughs> He's just a little guy. He is just a He's little a guy. He's a crazy little guy. <laughs> Big Bear was awesome, though. Oh, my goodness. Happy birthday, Mary Jane. Happy birthday, Mike. Come on. My birthday was... Your I, I can't was have... the beginning of the period, and mine was the end of the period. No. My birthday was in March, and yours was in April. Yeah. I, I can't, I cannot take a happy birthday from you within a new month. It is a birthday period. Is it a, it is, there's an era of birthday time that we share mm-hmm. between us. There's a week between your birthday and mine. And that's what I'm saying. It was 28th just, and the 5th. Yeah. It was birthday week from March 28th to April 5th. And we, you know, maybe there'll be a time when we're like not celebrating that week together and we're doing different things on different parts of the planet. But this time around, I felt really glad to like really share a whole week with you. Yeah. I felt like every single day we did something to celebrate one or both of us, (laughs) including mushrooms and Molly and meat, ahi, yeah, fucking tri-tip. Can I say what steak under the broiler? Bit of a game changer for me. You know, not something I'm used to enjoying or even trying. Yeah, and man, it gets a crisp crust and it lets the marinade stay put. Broiler is the way to go. I discovered that with that that recipe where we marinated the skirt steak with cumin and olive oil and garlic and then what else was in there there was like a 24 hour marination for a skirt steak it felt like it was but it was actually just 30 minutes oh i was so hungry (laughs) it felt like forever in dog in dog time for dinner yeah yeah it it was was 900 hours it was lemon garlic olive oil cumin salt pepper pretty pretty simple but so rich and aromatic and flavorful and then the skirt steak really surprised me and we did it in the broiler and it was so tender it was so fucking delicious that was a new york times cooking recipe it was so good that our friend natalie turned me on to shout out natalie i have a question on the tangent what's up do dogs how did we get to the seven year thing for dogs do is that their time do they they don't even know what time is when you go away archie thinks you're never coming back and you could say like i'll be back in five minutes i'm getting the mail and it'll feel like forever and then he cries. And then he cries. So how do how does dog time work? And how do why do we have it? I don't know. I think it's a false equivalent. Uh, you know, the idea is that when a dog is at two years old, which would be time seven fourteen, that he's a teenager. You know, mm-hmm. and at three, he's entering his sort of mature years. Why and can't four, he just be three? I don't, it's the whole thing is so stupid. It's so silly to yeah. me. I can't dog deal years with just, it. They're all just years. They live this many days, and we live that many days. And turtles, like we don't do tortoise years. You no, know? exactly. Right. Or cat years. We don't do cat years. It's true. Yeah. You know, a hamster year, like everybody's dead right away. <laughs> yeah, after a year is a day. <laughs> like, How old is he in hamster years? Dead. <laughs> 
He's dead. Yeah. He's dead by two. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, dog ears, no, not into it. I agree. Yeah. Cats are realistic. They don't need some false equivalency. They just know what they know, and that's enough. I mean, they're all immortal, right? They're all. That's true. That's the (laughs) opposite. Cats are all like just weird spirits that just sort of share this mortal plane with us, but then they flicker in and out, you know. You know when you can't find your cat and you think he's like hiding in a box or under your bed or in the closet? No, he's actually just gone. Yeah, he's in the underworld. And they, you know, he may or may not come back. Right. Yeah. He, he went a portal over. Yeah, just one one step over. He'll be back, possibly, or maybe not. Probably not. Yeah. Well, we'll see. When's dinner? Yeah, I'm always, I'm never sure when I'm going to see Bobo again. I'm like, oh, hey, dude, he's still here. Imagine Bobo with that coyote. No. He would have eaten him. R.I.P. Coyote. R.I.P. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. It's so funny to think like dogs are like, oh, what is time? And cats are like, what is time? Yeah. Well, you oh, dumb... I am the time lord. I am time lord. I am the time lord, you stupid, stupid dog. <laughs> you stupid dog. Oh, man. Speaking oh. of time. Yeah. It's time for me. Okay. To pack up a little OCB for the news. Oh. Because the news this week, which is brought to you by OCB, is a... Uh, it's a wild... It's a wild story. It's a crazy story. Okay, well... So, the Grubla Gazette is presented by OCB Rolling Papers, the largest rolling paper brand in the world, created naturally since 1918. OCB offers a full line of papers made with sustainable fibers, no GMOs, and no chlorine, All OCB materials are sustainably farmed from within a 500-kilometer radius of their facility in France, which is powered by 100% green energy. OCB introduced... I'm not doing the accent. OCB (laughs) introduced the world to the first natural rolling paper crafted with pure organic hemp grown in Champagne, France. I had some very good champagne from France for my birthday, as a matter of fact. So I appreciate OCB creating pure organic hemp papers from Champagne, France, just as Mother Nature intended. And you should trust your premium legal leaf to the finest natural and sustainably crafted rolling papers in the world. I didn't put my champagne in a solo cup when I was drinking it. And you should enjoy your entire smoking experience with OCB premium hemp rolling papers. Visit OCBUSA.com and follow OCB on Instagram at OCB underscore USA. Yeah. I love their bamboo cones. I just need to read what's on the side. Okay? Yeah. Responsibly harvested, dye-free, unbleached, GMO-free, vegan. Good papers. Great products. Easy. The cone makes it so easy. You just got to grind up your weed and or legal leaf and pop it in there and uh, it's perfect. Perfecto. Perfection. Today's Grubla Gazette story is from Politico. Okay. The Koch brothers are working with Snoop Dogg and a man named Weld... Weldon Angelinos for cannabis legalization. I just want to really quickly just say, like, one of the first entries about the Koch brothers that I found was that there was this book that I really want to read now, and it's called Dark Money, The Hidden History of the Billionaires Behind the Rise of the Radical Right. And in this book, a nonfiction book by a journalist named Jane Mayer, she profiles a bunch of billionaires. Foremost amongst them are the Koch brothers, Charles and David Koch, who famously have funded organizations that work to influence academic institutions and think tanks and the courts and Congress and the American American presidency for their own benefit. They have so much sway. They are truly out for themselves and for profit. So just that, you know, that's a little background on who the Koch brothers are and what they're about. So would you like me to get into the people that they've backed and the things that they're against, or do you want me to get into this political story? I want to hear about all of it. Okay. Let me talk about how they're working with Snoop and uh, Weldon. Okay. So they created this Cannabis Freedom Alliance, which is a new coalition that is going to push federal legalization. Underneath that is the Reason Foundation, the Libertarian Think Tank, a marijuana trade 
Organization for Global Alliance for Cannabis Commerce, the Weldon Project, which is a nonprofit that advocates for the release of individuals incarcerated for marijuana offenses. All good things, except it's the Koch brothers for me. So I don't know if it is all good things. Okay. I don't I don't necessarily believe that it is all good things because, you know, those sound like uh, a, a lot of organizations that are dedicated to pushing marijuana forward for legalization. But, uh, you know, a marijuana trade organization called the Global Alliance for Cannabis Commerce doesn't sound to me necessarily like it's going to be the best for uh, small businesses or social equity or, uh, you know, freeing incarcerated people or any of that kind of stuff. Like it just sounds per- purely commercial. So I, I want to know more. OK, so it's interesting you say that because one of the things that they are big and pushing on is interstate commerce uh-huh. and they say that a lot of republicans and a lot of businesses are against interstate commerce when it comes to cannabis and the Koch brothers saying this is a free market mm-hmm. so interstate commerce must be a huge part of that and we are for interstate commerce what that makes me think of is the mom and pop shop that can't afford to do interstate commerce and yet again it's big business so the zoom actually happened last summer it turns out they talked to weldon angelus who's the founder of this Weldon Project. I think he's a fascinating person that I'd love to learn more about because he was sentenced to 55 years for weed trafficking charges, mostly because he was in possession of a firearm at the time. And then he was released several years ago and he got a full pardon from uh, Donald Trump in December of 2020. Snoop was one of the advocates for him that helped him get out. And the Koch brothers also helped him get out. So all very fascinating. I think uh, troubling on some levels. Definitely need to follow this. Uh, excited to hear what other people think about it. Is it good? Is it bad? We don't know. Does it matter? Yes, it does fucking matter. It does it fucking matter. It matters so fucking much. And I'm so glad that Mona Zhang uh, is writing about this at Politico. And Politico's, you know, cannabis coverage is great to follow. It, I, I just think that this gives me a, a deep chill in my bones Same. on some levels. And on other levels, uh, you know, we need some bipartisan action to make this shit happen at a federal level. And we need some Republicans to get on board and if that takes uh, some Republicans that we're not comfortable with necessarily policy-wise to... They're mentioning people like Rand Paul yeah. pushing it forward for well, things like this. Sure. And they need Republicans. I know. But the story says that these are the type of people who are going to sway Republicans to getting on board with federal legalization. Yes, of course. Very old, very rich white men who um, position themselves in places to just reap the benefits of whatever it is they fucking want to. Yeah, of course they'll listen to them. Great. Great. Let's do it right and let's keep a fucking eye on them and hold them accountable and hope that uh, however it rolls out legally that they keep uh, an eye on the people who have suffered the most and continue to free pot prisoners and make it safe and fair and all of the things that you and I always talk about on here. Well said. I thought it was a joke when you were like, uh, no, I heard that the Coke uh, Foundation is working with Snoop Dogg and Weldon Angela. And I was like, that's a name. I it feels it April, April Fool's. Yeah, I thought it was April Fool's. Yeah. I broke into a cold sweat when you said it was true. So Yeah. Oof. Which parts of your body? Um, forehead and like my upper thighs. Whoa. Yeah. Cold sweat on the upper thigh? Mm-hmm. Yuck. Uncomfortable. Very bad. Didn't like it. Ooh, that's reverse swamp ass. That's some, yeah, that's some like stress. Thigh stress sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Not great. Not so cute. Yeah. The cu- Ooh, gross. Yeah, sorry. Because, you know, like when in first grade, I would pee my pants all of the time. Oh. I had a problem. Mm-hmm. It was really bad. So the front of my slacks and khakis was always wet. And now I'm picturing you with like thigh well, look at what I'm wearing. I'm wearing like wicking uh, exercise pants because, yeah. To wick away cold sweats. Wick away my stress sweats from the Koch brother foundation being fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Would you buy those? Because I think like the exercise Under Armour 
area of exor- of um of um fashion. Yeah. I, I feel like that's a pretty saturated market, but mm. there's no one talking about wicking away the cold sweats. Those thigh sweats, those stress sweats. I know. You know what's great for wicking away sweat? Hemp. And I want to see more hemp clothing. I think that, you know, like it's an amazing uh, cotton alternative. Have you ever felt like a really nice hemp fabric? Yeah, it was, it kind of blew my mind because I expected a straw, itchy, poorly made something. And instead I was like, wait, what is this? It can be light. It can be silky. It can also be concrete. You can also make guitars and cars out of it. It's It's so great. You can build buildings out of hemp that will be sturdy, sturdy. Yeah. Yeah, hempcrete. Amazing. That's crazy. It's such cool stuff. And I would love to find a line of hemp clothing that fits my body really well because it's like as a natural fiber. I only want to wear natural fibers now. I've gone all natural and uh, it feels great. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, so people hit me up. DM Ooh, me about the some hemp clothes. Sheets? Like, yeah, hemp sheets. How nice would that great. feel? Put some hemp seeds in your fucking smoothie. Build your house out of hemp. That's my dream. I'd like to live in a hemp palace with everything made out of hemp and weed. Would you call it the hempisphere? <laughs> I am now. How fun would that be? Yeah, Mary right? Jane's hempisphere. And the bubble over the top is also made out of hemp. Like a geodesic dome yes. made of hemp? Yes. I'm doing this. A hemisphere. I like this. Sign, can I come in? You are invited. Okay. I'll build an underground tunnel to your neighboring hemisphere. Yeah, and then we can, we can hotbox the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, you know what would be cool about that is if you put a little um, um, carb on the side of the sphere itself. Yeah. Because then if there's like, if we ever get to meet a giant, they could take a pull and they could fill up the entire sphere with (laughs) smoke. (laughs) I like it. Sorry, the late grade got me going. I got you. I hear you. I see it in my head. We're in a forest somewhere. Yeah. There's two geodesic domes with an underground tunnel and a giant. Got you. Yes. (laughs) This time next year, shake on it. Okay. Birthday week, hemisphere. Archie will be patrolling for coyotes. <laughs> <laughs> they, they aren't allowed inside. Nope. Banned. No coyotes allowed. Man, this sativa's got me rocking. Because I used to be all indica all the time. There's something about the spring, getting things done. I feel very busy right now. I feel very scheduled. I mean, I feel so fortunate that we just had this time in Big Bear to sort of relax and like fill up the pitcher and do great things. But like hitting the ground running when we came back to LA because it's, you know, 420 is just around the corner and like everyone's doing stuff and it's so exciting to like, I don't know, just kind of plan our, our time right now. So I feel like smoking late grade sativa helps me to like plan it out like to look at everything like a you know sort of like a puzzle and figure out like where everything can fit and then still be productive throughout Mm -hmm. you know the afternoon when I start smoking into the evening you just made me horny for lists (laughs) late grade makes you horny for lists late grade makes you horny for lists yeah because when I saw your hand talk about all of the things that you're working on at once and trying to keep them organized I got excited for like bullet points and indentations within that bullet point and that is my dream. It was. Really, I love sativa organization. Yeah, I mean, it was really nice to just smoke with you and our friend, and then walk with you. We were like, "Oh, we gotta go record," and we walked through Magic Hour. It's like listening to Miguel as the sun goes down, mm. because that is some horny music. That is sunset music. Yeah. And for me, a late grade sativa is a sunset smoke. Yep. So next time, I'm gonna listen to Miguel, make a list. Yep. And walk during Magic Hour. While smoking some late grade. Miguel is your horny? I feel like the whole country is dry humping if you listen to Miguel at yeah. sunset. <laughs> truly. Truly. That's what I saw at the concert. Everybody was hanging out. Everybody was having a good time. And next thing he came on and it was just dry humping oh. as far as the eye could see. It was almost like a reverse mosh pit. That's Because it was so... just two people and two people and two people. I love that so much. I love the like the moments when you see that live show 
kind of alter the chemistry of the entire audience. Like I remember the first time I ever saw Cypress Hill play mm-hmm. it was 1995 Lollapalooza. And I was at the second stage watching, I think L7 and the Breeders. And then I heard that Cypress Hill was coming up. And I remember coming over the hill and just seeing the entire crowd jumping with their arms in the air. And it was the, like, I think I was like 19. It was the first time I'd ever seen anything like it. It was so fucking exciting. And it That's just changed awesome. the temperature for me. And I was like, oh man, I miss live music so much. I'm so excited to have it come back someday <laughs> same it's gone yeah. it's coming around the corner i know it's a big deal people and it's are getting coming safe. back people are getting vaccinated yeah yeah oh i can't wait i want to say one more <sighs> thing if you do dig late grade you can get it on ease and there is a link in our description and you can also get them at sweet flower dispensaries here in california um if you like us and you want to support us do so by supporting people who work with us Nice. Yeah. I like that so much. And support live music, because we were introduced to our VIB this week, our very important bud. Sylvan LeCue, yeah, we were put in touch by Cam Davis, who also introduced me to um, fucking Tish. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yo. Yeah, so we'll get to Sylvan in just a minute, but first we're going to do our very important buds. Yeah, do you want to go first or second? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. My very important bud is... Bianca, who's at Bianca Monica on IG. She's the founder of Limon Creative, which is a consulting agency. She does super cool stuff with brands. Uh, she's working with Union Electric right now, who I really love. But we met, uh, she's a friend of Christina Bucola's, and we were connected because we were just trying to hang out. And then we ended up at the same party where she had created that charcuterie board it was that was like her board right before the pandemic Bianca's hit. board yeah we were at that show that was uh produced by Amy Margolis's group the initiative out of Oregon they'd done this whole comedy night where we saw Sarah Silverman and Beth Stelling and Bo Burnham and all these people perform and then we went to this party and there was this charcuterie board that just took over the whole dining space and it had flowers and meats and cheeses and almonds and grapes and everything and that was Bianca's uh, charcuterie board yeah her game is not to be beat no it is not yes and also respect to Sarah Silverman, Bo Burnham, and the and Beth Stelling and all everyone. But that board was the headliner for me. <laughs> That's so true. You know what I'm saying? Yep. A big center island filled with meats and cheeses. I miss it. Mm. I miss it all. Live music and charcuterie boards coming back. <laughs> coming back. So give Bianca a follow up. Bianca Monica on IG. She's fantastic. My butt of the week this week is the Sweetser Life. It is the Sweets. Zer life. Sweetzer is with a Z. And that is Tiff. We just had Gabrus on our Patreon episode. If you didn't know we have a Patreon, we have a Patreon. And we just had Gabrus on. And his wife, Tiff, just left her entertainment career to follow her heart and follow her dream. And now she is making one-of-a-kind floral pieces packed with rim- whimsy and attitude, no filler. And they are gorgeous yeah it is just gorgeous flowers that fill me up with light Mm -hmm. Mm. yeah there's a picture of the two of them in palm springs next to the pool in flowing robes with bright colors and they just look like california iconic it's so satisfying to see what she's doing with her like new this new face follow the sweets or life i'm just really excited because somebody is following their dream and that has to do with making beautiful flower arrangements Hell yeah. That's what's up. Yo, you got to follow your heart, Mary Jane. You have to. I mean, that's, yeah, that's been my MO for a long time. And I feel like it hasn't got me into trouble yet. For Sylvan too. Yeah, absolutely for Sylvan. And also we will be playing his track Clam Chowder at the end of the episode. Yeah, so exciting. So we were connected. Thank you, Kim, for bringing uh, Sylvan to us. So like I was saying, Kim introduced me to Tish Hyman a while back, who's an incredible artist. And Sylvan... uh, 
has been around for a while and we're so excited to finally talk to him because he's been building this loyal fan base for years with his like fucking mad skills on the mic and his forward thinking sound and clam chowder is such an awesome new track that we're so excited to drop his, his whole latest project has clam chowder on it and you can find the project it's called young sylvan um we'll put links to everything in the show notes and we had such a fascinating conversation with him about music art growth honesty um openness carving out your path subscribing to emails that's what's in your in- inbox yep following your heart and your dreams and yeah what you subscribe to shows up in your inbox yo so good. So without further ado, here is our interview with Sylvan LeCue. Sylvan, thank you for joining us. How are you feeling today? I am feeling pretty okay. I cannot complain. I am caffeinated and ready to go. How are you guys feeling today? Great. So stoked to talk to you. I, oh wait before we dive well, in if you're caffeinated was it coffee was it red bull was it monster oh, like yeah. what's your go-to sip oh i'm a coffee guy for sure for sure i had a cold brew today uh but for the past week or two i've been on um i've been on drips i used to be a barista for like two or three years so i'm, I'm really about my coffee oh really so um you were taking people's complicated orders while you were just trying to make them like a black coffee which is what i drink personally i think that's the go-to move every time absolutely 100 percent. getting names wrong getting names right (laughs) trying to create nicknames for regulars so i don't have to remember their real names yeah it's Mm -hmm. always been a thing everybody's like what's up jack (laughs) (laughs) i gotta i gotta ask what you know i worked in uh as a a bartender and restaurant worker for a long time and i had a lot of annoying drink orders and coffee orders and everyone has their one thing that they're like they fucking hate to make yeah what was the biggest drag for you when you were a barista man there was this uh lady that used to come in and she would order three um she would order three lattes with um with six extra shots and for us we pulled we pulled doubles naturally so i used to kind of clock when when, at first like the first um i would say like the first two or three months of me working there i was like i really don't like this woman but then (laughs) as soon as i started getting like my groove right and i was clocking her time coming in i would just set up the shots I would get them started like maybe five minutes before she came. So by the time she got in line, I was already like maybe six shots in. And when she got up into the line, I already had the lattes ready. It got to that point where I was like, yo, I got to figure out a way because she will come in and hold up the line for a solid 10, 15 minutes. And then if we had like new baristas on or if our milk wasn't right, it was just a disaster. So Damn. yeah, man, shouts to that lady, man. I hope she's uh, calmed down. And she was using <laughs> almond milk too, man. So oh, no. like steaming almond milk yo out of control it's not even it's not even a game it's it's really serious for sure and you've got to repair the wall that she runs through after she's caffeinated every time too facts (laughs) big facts you know what i mean talk about heavy destruction and reconstruction (laughs) you know what i mean like just a simultaneous matter so yeah that's definitely i remember it i will that'll be like in my heart forever is this the, during the period of your life when you were living in the Bay Area? Absolutely, definitely. I was working in San Francisco and Berkeley. I was um, going between two cafes, and uh, I was working for Blue Bottle Coffee at the time. So yeah. Oh, that place is no joke. 
Yeah, you know, like the Olympics of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Yeah, their pour over yeah. is like 12 minutes long. Oh, yeah, it's a real deal. And you got to <laughs> you got to really you got to measure every pour over correctly. Um, you got to pour a certain way. If you don't, it's ruined there. They are the Olympics of coffee. No, it's a certain way. No doubt. Every time I go in there to order, they hand me a little scorecard. And when I get my coffee and take my first sip, I always hold up like a nine, nine point five, ten. It's yeah. a very serious place. Absolutely, it's you know it's funny because <laughs> it's funny because they really treat it like that. It's like yo, like <laughs> it, a lot. It's a whole lot, but it, it whipped me into shape. I, I was really, I was really grateful to be able to get that experience. I still value it to this day. Uh- I, I feel like that thoughtfulness really translates into what you do as an artist. Like your work, your music is is so thoughtful and and uh, you know, I mean, your latest track that we want to talk about that we're going to drop at the at the end of this episode is also so funny, but like deep deeply <laughs> deeply thoughtful and really like pondering some of some of life's great mysteries and and yourself and your own inner life. I just would love to like get into that, like how how you write and how you know, I don't Why are know. you so honest? Yeah, and, and, also, and, and I'm I'm so into the idea of holding yourself accountable, especially right now in this crazy time. And it just seems like that's a big part of what you do as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, a big part of it just comes from me living in my head. Um, like to be honest, especially growing up, um, I've always been a guy that was just a huge thinker, and um, I didn't really have a lot of outlets for expression. So music just became that. It was like, oh, okay, I can really express myself through this facet. And hip hop was really cool at the time. Like, I mean, it still is, but you know, growing up and everyone is um, listening to this genre of music that I really love too. So it just seemed like the natural thing for me to do. I didn't have an outlet of expression. I didn't really care for sports like that. I wasn't. I was. I was always into writing, but I felt like writing was limited. And the capacity that I uh, could write in for like school and whatnot, so hip hop was just like the natural progression for me because I love music so much. That's and, interesting um, because, yeah. especially in the Bay, I feel like thoughtful rap had this like really great moment in time. Like, did you ever listen to Hieroglyphics? Yeah, and, of like, course, absolutely. Pep Love and that's, stuff like that. Yeah, that's part of my. Uh, I, that was like my. Um, I, I always say there was like a there was a course I had to go through. Like when I had to start listening to hip hop and becoming a lyricist and yeah, hieroglyphics all in there. Yeah. Yeah. Like going through life, head down, headphones in, walking around, trying to figure out who I am was, was when you were juggling being a barista at these two places and being an artist, was this the first time that you started to take hip hop seriously or was it before all of that? I started taking hip hop seriously probably when I first started it. Like I I was really making, well, I guess, all right, well there's levels to taking it serious but like in my head like i was seven eight years old and i was like yeah i'm gonna be a rapper and then you know you turn 15 i'm like yeah i'm gonna be a rapper and i think by 18 it was like oh you know what i'm gonna try to make money off this like for real i'm gonna actually like really go forth with it um i think i always took it serious but um you know once i got out of high school it was like okay i can either try to spend all this money on getting an education that i'm not necessarily passionate about right now or I can kind of take a chance, see if I, you know, get a shot at this, fail quickly. And if everything happens the way I say, I want it to happen, then I'll be in a great space to evaluate that decision later. Or if it's just like, ah, oh, it didn't work out, then, you know, go back to school. And, you know, I, 
luckily things kind of worked out. So, yeah. you know, things are pretty cool for the most part, you know. Did you have support in making those decisions or did you just kind of have to believe in yourself really hard? I uh, definitely had to believe in myself. Mm-hmm. I think um, even with like, I wouldn't say anybody really doubted me per per se. Um, but, you know, it wasn't, I mean, there's not a course. There were, well, at least now, you know, um, back then there wasn't really much of a course for how to do this. It was like, you just kind of got to figure it out and and go off of your gut, you know? Things were a lot more separated, you know, especially with social media not being much of a thing and opportunities being a lot more loose. Did you find yourself emulating anybody off jump as you were trying to figure out your own distinct voice? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. I mean, Lupe, I mean, I, I, I wanted to be Lupe forever. I still want to be so- Lupe. Yeah, to a, like to some degree, I, I definitely still want to be that guy. Like one hundred percent. Yeah, he's just so cool, just so cool, such a cool guy. Like, um, emulated him, Jay Z, Nas, Big Pun. I would study these guys. I would write like them. I would want to like master their technique because uh, I felt like the. I wanted to be the best rapper because I came up at a time where like Wayne was like, "Oh, I'm the best rapper alive," and that was like a thing, and that really resonated with me. So, what? kind of struck a chord with me was the technicality of rap so i used to just i used to just mimic guys and just try to figure out their patterns and how they created what they created and just have the skill set in my um in my back pocket if i needed it do you remember the moment when you had like that first lightning bolt of like this is gonna happen for me um i would say probably when i opened up for Wiz khalifa in 2010 like uh I don't know if I was like, yo, this is going to happen for me, but I was definitely like, oh, this is what I have to do. Yeah. Like, I got to do this. No way. It's like people were reacting. It just felt great. It's like, oh, yeah, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. Yeah. How do you prepare for a show like that? Do you just like puke all over the alley and then (laughs) hope nobody saw you and then come back in and kill it? Like, what the fuck? Facts. (laughs) Yeah. Big facts. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) 100%. Jitters and all. Um. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I- I'd been performing since, like, I was, uh, since I was, like, uh, 11, like, just trying to go to talent shows and open mics and stuff. So I feel like I'd been working my way up to, like, this moment where it's like, oh, here's, like, 1,400 kids. And, you know, you got, a ch- you got like, 20 minutes and, you know, figure it out. And I had built enough of a name for myself. I had never done, like, and locally, but I had never done, like, a show with that many fans. And so I just practiced really hard and I was nervous as hell, but it went really dope. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I need to, I need to do this more often. How do you go from that moment? Like, do you just like dig in even harder? Do you take a moment to appreciate it and be like, holy cow, look at where I've done? Or do you immediately start beating yourself up for a, one note that was off in that moment? Cause it wasn't perfect. I think it's a balance of both. I have to, back then it was a lot more beating up. Um, I think like I was just such a perfectionist and I still am, but like I've mastered the craft, uh, my craft, I, I think as a as an MC so much that like now I'm trying to make myself a little bit more uncomfortable. Um, but back then, like definitely like beat up, beat up. What can I have done better? Um, but that's probably right after I'm like, yo, that was so great. You know what I mean? And like, just was in the moment, especially performing. Cause it's like, you're really, you're really in the moment. So not too long after though, it's like, okay, what do we need to do next? You know, where, where do we need to go next? Um, I try not to invest too much in the highs or the lows of this thing. Cause it, it'll really take you somewhere if you do. 
man, I don't know if you have a podcast yet, but you should start a podcast and just like drop this knowledge for up and coming hip hop artists because it'll help them out <laughs> tenfold for real, yeah. for real. Like absolutely, I'm gonna have to take that into consideration for real. You're not the first man. I've just been ducking and dodging. I'm like, yo, podcast, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Like yeah. it's all about like knowledge and just being who you are and sharing, sharing honesty and having a good time. And I feel like, I feel like you're the dude in the circle who says maybe. Maybe you're like the biggest voice in the crowd, or maybe you're the voice who chooses the time to say that one thing that everybody like goes silent and goes, oh, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> you might be right. You might be right. You might be right. You might be right. What were so? What were next steps? I mean, that was like your journey has like encompassed. A, a big stretch now and you're you've got so much going on so what were next steps from that opening for Wiz to your album three years ago to now man I mean I was living in Miami Florida so I came up in the blog era and at least in terms of like getting my traction so Miami was in the industry and Miami was in this real interesting space where people were still kind of going more towards the labels and they weren't really paying enough attention. They weren't paying a lot of attention to like what was happening with like the Kid Cuddies and um, the Lupe's where a lot of these guys were coming up off the internet and I was getting a lot of blog love and traction. So I released a lot of mixtapes online and started building my online presence. And I think like what really started turning the needle was um, um I started uh, going on tour in 2012 with Logic, and oh I would gosh. um yeah so like 2012, 2013, 2014, that's when I really started um like hitting the road, like going ar- around the country, going to Canada, um you know hitting these different venues, meeting different people, um and gaining fans by performing. Like that was my introduction to gaining fans. Was like okay, you're gonna get in front of these crowds. You're going to perform, you're going to leave an impression, they're going to follow you on your socials, and you're going to keep in contact with them. And um, that was like my, that was my real shift into uh, being able to say, all right, cool, I got a little bit of a fan base. I dropped a project called Searching Sylvan that did really well for me, and that got me a lot of traction in 2014. Um, I started my own label, and I started releasing my own projects. So I released uh, my first project, Far From Familiar, and then my album three years ago, Apologies in Advance, which did really well for me. And I've just kind of been clicking and going and learning wow. ever since. So it's been a really, really beautiful time. It's been a great journey, a really great journey, honestly. How do you get that? How do you get that gig with Logic? Because I think everybody who is listening to our podcast is either an up and coming artist, somebody who is like, has a big fan. Like we have a big varying degrees. And a lot of the DMS we get is like, yo, how do you get that? How do you, how do you work? So maybe, maybe you can talk about that a bit. Um, I guess it's really just about, um, so there's two sides of the coin, right? Like I could never say, Hey, you do this and you do that. And it's going to get you this. Cause quite honestly, I, I really just knew somebody, you know what I mean? And somebody came to me when Logic, before Logic was even popping, um, maybe like when he was just kind of gaining a little traction, I think maybe I had like 5,000 likes on Facebook and was just like, yo, this is kid named Logic. You should probably, you know, link up with him. I was like, all right, cool. You know, I was, I was making music in Miami. I didn't, he was from Maryland. Um, he knew his manager at the time and somehow 
Logic got my number and he hit me up and we just talked for like maybe 20 minutes and we had a lot in common. He was like, yo, you record at the crib? I'm like, yeah, I recorded at the crib. You do too? Yeah, I do too. And we just kind of stayed in touch. It wasn't anything like insane, but then I started seeing him blow up and he was doing his thing. And, you know, last thing I, next thing I know, they're like, yo, you should come out here to, to LA to do a couple of dates with us. And it's like, oh, all right, cool. That'll be fun. So I did five dates. And then I came back home, worked on my stuff. And then he was going on another tour. It's like, yo, you should probably come out on this tour and, you know, do like 32 dates. It's not a lot of money, but come in rock. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, and there's no real way to, there's no real way I can say that, hey, this is what you need to do. All I can say is like my intention at that time was to go on tour. Like I remember like a year, two years before I was like, I need to be hitting the road. I need to go on the road. I need to gain fans because that's going to be the next step in my career outside of just putting out music. And so, you know, the Cosmos just kind of started working its way out to, you know, bring those opportunities to me because that's what I had my attention on. And at the time, I didn't even realize it. But in like hindsight, I realized, oh, that's what my attention was was really focused on. I wanted to go on the road. So therefore, life presented opportunities for me for me to be able to do that aligned with the music that I was making at the time. So um, if anything, the only thing advice I could really get give is like just be clear about what you want and how you see it and you know be very real with it like don't don't be afraid to to voice your desires to yourself it really is making a roadmap in your head for what you want it's not just you know wishes and hopes like it actually does direct your focus and energy towards something to make it more possible and yeah. i just love the way you're talking about it because it's it doesn't seem like it's any kind of like ethereal anything it's really just like planning something in your head so that you're better set up for success and then also yeah. the synchronicity of like meeting the right people along the way it's just awesome yeah just real natural process you know what i mean I, I could never say like yo i did this and that i'm like nah i didn't i just knew what i wanted to do and the opportunities presented themselves i didn't even know that that was going to come from that i my relationship was literally just somebody being like, yo, you should link with this kid. And then we talked for 20 minutes. And then I just witnessed him, like, gaining a lot of traction. And I, I even remember being like, oh, yo, you're doing your thing. Like, congrats. <laughs> and the opportunity just came. It's like, yo, you should come on the road. And I'm like, oh, all right, cool. I've never done this before. And I see, like, six, 700 kids in front of him. So I'm like, it's mind-boggling to me where I'm like, oh, I've never seen anything like this. I don't even know what this is about. Like, I didn't even know you could do this at this level you know so it was a real learning experience for me too it's cool to talk to you about this because I, I feel like when you when you when you talk to artists who are um who are like really well known who have new albums that have just dropped and things ever the timeline of stuff always feels truncated because it's like i popped off popped off, pop 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 but really yeah. it is like a marathon of creating performing engaging and so the fact that you were with Logic in 2012 and then you're on a playlist for Gary V in 2016, like, yeah, your career is long and it's going to keep going. It's very cool. Yeah. I mean, that's what I wanted. I didn't want to just kind of be here for a moment of time and and kind of cap my potential and say, oh, yeah, he was that guy who did that thing. And now he's kind of doing this. Like, I always wanted to um, I always wanted to have a lot of room to grow. Um, there's guys my age reminiscing about when they had it all you know, and like when it was everything mm. and um, like I'm still at that space where it's like I haven't maxed or, you know, peaked in my potential and I'm still growing. And that's all I really wanted. I always wanted to be able to have cap space to 
just continue going like there's not really an end goal for me and i feel like once you start focusing on an end goal you kind of cap your potential and also kind of box out the the uh the, the potentiality for uh possibilities that you probably wouldn't consider on your journey you know there's a lot of stuff that i've done where i'm like oh i didn't think i'd be here like i didn't think i'd be over here and traveling over this place or going over here but here i am you know like and I feel like there's even more of that coming. And that's what makes this whole thing called life exciting. I love that. I love hearing about not capping your potential by thinking that you've hit a peak and then immediately getting nostalgic for something that's in the past because that will limit you and only ever looking forward. I mean, especially I think, you know, as a woman who who's in the, you know, weed and entertainment industry, like I see so many people come and go so quickly. And a lot of people, as you say, who, who are like nostalgic for times gone by when you're like, what are you talking about? You're, you're, you're growing old before you're even getting there. So yeah, I, I love to hear you talk about that. Do you, are you, do you smoke weed? Are you a weed enthusiast? Oh, I am a weed enthusiast, man. <laughs> I have, I won't, I won't lie. I haven't smoked in a solid five months. Wow. I think, yeah. The last time I smoked was probably July, 2020. And, um, I took a break cause I got so high, man. I got so high one day and like, <laughs> <laughs> it was like at a time, it was at a time where like I was really like I was just I was just grooving man like the way I was smoking I was a champion I just I couldn't be stopped I felt like it felt like I was like the guy like I was just rolling really nicely like I, I was I'm a I'm a I'm also like a new smoker so like I started when I was I'm 30 now I started when I was 27 um I started late so like I was really like in a groove, man. You know what I mean? And then like, I got so high one day and I think I was high for like a week. <laughs> and I, I and I was like, yo man, like I gotta give myself like at least six months, six to eight months, just like clear my palate, get back and then kind of like re-examine my relationship with weeks. I was just, I was the man. I was the man for a minute, man. Yeah. But yes, I am. I am 100% a weed It's so funny to think of like getting high and then you have unexpected leftovers. And you're just like, I didn't, I didn't want these leftovers. Like I was full. I ate everything on my plate. What, why are you still here? <laughs> it also sounds like really healthy to just be like, I'm just going to re-examine this for a minute and take a break. And I'm not, you know, that's not a judgment on yourself or on anything just to say like, I need a minute. Yeah, I was... I was really, I was just really high for a week, man. I, I think I, I smoked out of a bong and like, I don't do bongs like that, but I was really, I was going in and I was like, oh yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Like I got five of them, five bloods in, you know, seven bong rips. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> oh man, it was, I, I had, to, I had to make a pack. I was like, yo man, look, <laughs> like just take a break for a while. You get back to it. You got to work on this new music anyway. So do what you got to do. But my heyday, man. I want to go back to Best of Me for just one more second. Best Me. Best Me, sorry. Was that, what, did it feel like it was going to be a breakout? And then all of these things popped up from it? Or was it all a complete surprise because you were just writing and creating music from the heart and that's how things work out? Yeah, I Best Me was like probably, Best Me was like a Hail Mary um for me like i think at the time i i was dropping music i dropped the project and it didn't do as well as the project before and it's because i had changed my name from quest at the time to my name now sylvan lecue which is my real name and so i was going through this transition of like 
losing fans from the Logic affiliation and then also trying to gain a new fan base. And so I was basically starting over from scratch. And I was also going through like a, a lot of personal, like uh, a lot of personal issues at the time. And then I moved and was living in Oakland, this new space. So I was just feeling really vulnerable. And I remember I had to create this song. I had to create a song for a headphone company. This is really how this song came about. Like I had to create a song for a headphone company and my ex actually brought the opportunity to me and was like, yo, like, you get a free pair of headphones and it's going to be a really good look. And I was just sitting there like, all right, well, let me try to figure this thing out. I recorded a whole other song outside of Best Me to another beat. It couldn't get used. And so I was feeling really down. And then I was like, you know what? All right, I'm just going to make a beat because I've been practicing my um, my production at the time. And I'm just going to create something and record it. That was the first beat I ever made. And so when I made that beat and I wrote that song, I was just like, all right, cool. Here's the song. Let me get my headphones. We're going to keep it moving. And then it just started picking up traction. It was like a slow burner. There's just something so dope about changing your name to your real name, creating a song called Best Me, having it pop off like, I don't even know. The spiritualness in me is like coming through kind of hard right now because those are the signs like those are the signs that you're on the right path every time i'm like thinking about like my career personally or weed and grub or hearing other people tell their stories like those benchmarks and those signs are so important to let you know keep going absolutely yeah absolutely 100 percent. that was that was a real uh that was a real like i was detaching a lot at that time too which i think is really important like just really detaching from like expectations and just kind of living in like the creation and living in like the, just living in the moment of what's being done and being really grateful for what was. That was, I think that was really helping me too because I was kind of focused a lot on success, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. And like around that time, I really just was like, oh, all right, you know what? I'm making a lot of money as a barista because I was. I was making a lot of good bank. I was paying my bills. You know what I mean? Like I was with someone at the time so I was like, yeah, I'm going to just make these records and, you know, I'm going to put them out and we'll see how they do. And a lot of that detachment, I felt like really allowed me to enjoy what was coming to me naturally. Um, yeah, man, it was a beautiful time. It was a really beautiful time. It sounds like you cultivated the state that everyone is trying to get to right now after this year of, you know, all expectations going out the window. And, you know, I mean, nobody can can. can make anything happen right now because there's so many unknowns and I, I feel like I'm hearing a lot of people say I want to be able to be in the moment but it's so hard because of all the weight of the stuff that's happening it sounds like you got there all like way before the pandemic ever hit <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean you know to a degree you know what I'm saying I'm, I'm doing, you know I'm doing a lot you know I mean? like I, I think I I think I've had moments where um I just had to examine my headspace because it's like uh, whatever you subscribe to, you know, it's going to come in your email box. So like, you know, my belief systems were just really wild at the time. And I felt like I had to do certain things in order for things to happen. And then it would just show us evidence reoccurring in my reality over and over and over and over again. And, you know, just attaching, really staying true to myself and just creating creating the music I wanted to hear at the time that I needed to hear, you know, it resonated the way it needed to resonate. And it's been really beautiful, man. Like I, I, I never thought that would be a part of my life, 
Mm. And it was. It's like, oh, wow, this is tight. Like, I- I'm very proud of that record. I'm proud of that whole album, you know, and what it's done. It's very symbolic of a of a side of me that, that still reigns true to who I am to this day. Before we move on to talking about your new album, I just have to call out that you just said whatever you subscribe to is going to show up in your inbox. And that is, I think, I'm going to, like, put that on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> if you sign up for it, it shows up. Yeah, facts. It's going to pop up in there, you know what I mean? Whatever you uh, decide to think about, whatever Ooh. you decide to um, to put your attention to, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it'll show its way. Our brains are just transmitters. It just, it's just signals to wherever we're trying to go at. So, you know, that's for everything. It facts. just pops up on you. Yeah. Hey, Dad, sorry I got a lot of unreads <laughs> from you. I'm still working through. Uh <laughs> Oh, man, I got to hit unsubscribe on some stuff in my life right now. Yeah. <laughs> facts. Woo. All facts. I feel you. Uh, let's talk about your new album. Thank you. It's. I'm very excited about this. Uh, Let's get it. Yes. I mean, did you, when did you write it? When did you record it? Was it all during this past year? Has it been in the works for a while? Um, so I would definitely say this started 2019. Um, we did it in two weeks, give or take, two or three weeks. Um. I didn't expect to write what I wrote, um, but going past uh, after apologies in advance um, and after creating Best Me, like I experienced like a lot of highs and I was, you know, doing a lot. Like I sold out shows. Um, we went to Europe. Um, I almost signed to Rock Nation, you know what I mean, with Jay-Z. And that was like my dream at the time. Um, but also like I was going through a lot of different lows. Like my grandmother passed away. I lost a lot of money. I was learning a lot more about the business. Things just weren't what I thought they were. And there were things that I had to really um, confront and try to heal. It was just kind of like art imitating life in a way. And uh, with this body of work, it's really about like the emotions. It's like, all right, when you decide to heal, what happens? All right, now you got to confront everything that's either been pushed away or looming or over your head. You know, it's anger, resentment, frustration, aggression, also a sense of understanding your power, you know what I mean, and and what that high comes with, and also just wanting to have a real valid effort in uh, putting to rest childhood trauma. That's what Young Sylvan is about. So this whole project is really about going back and having, like, understandings of moments that have been really important to me like clam chowder is, was like my favorite meal as a kid you know what i mean and like what emotions came with that and how i felt when i had that um you know first 48 was the song that like my mother was the um show that my mother used to always watch when i was growing up um when i'd be outside you know what i mean like that kind of fueled her paranoia you know what i mean like just all these references back to my childhood to kind of deal with a lot of those feelings and put them all to rest ultimately and being like all right cool we're done with this now like it's time to move past this so yeah i'm really excited about this i'm very very excited let's talk clam chowder like let's talk about the food the recipe um the video the video <laughs> the, the song like yeah where to begin man clam chowder came Woo! i remember uh my boy malaku he was playing some horns he was just playing a and i think i wasn't i wasn't paying any attention at all i was just kind of like we were in this warehouse it was really cold because it was around november we recorded all this in like a cold warehouse with no heat 
So it was like all we had to do was like make music to like make us feel good. So those horns were playing and like I think I just I just started I just started singing the first line. Like I was just like like playfully and I wrote the song in maybe five minutes, give or take. And um that was probably like the second or third record we wrote. And that's when what really clicked for Young Silver when I was like, Oh, okay. I get what I'm trying to do now. Like a lot of it is just cosmos, like it's just gonna come out. And so um we shot the video in Los Angeles. Uh the recipe <laughs> The recipe and the music video, funny enough, is actually like kind of botched because we had to use a can of clam chowder and how I really get down is you know what I mean, you get like three different creams and like you cut the potatoes from scratch and you know what I mean? You get the, you know what I mean? Like, you get yes. the chose and, you know, the half pound bacon and, you know, the cheese, you know, and all that stuff, you know. But, you know, obviously, we need to, we need to get through this. It's a music video. So we got the, <laughs> so we got the can, the bread bowl, the trout, um, and just had a really good time, man. Just having a really, really, really good time. It's been really fun. How does it feel to be an independent artist right now? Is it a blessing or would you like to find the right label to work with? I think, uh, man, great question. Um, I think it's a little bit of, I'm always open to anything. I think for me, it's always about growth. And so like, I love being an independent artist. I think it's fantastic. Um, but I wouldn't lie. Like, of course I want more help. Of course I would love to have more, um, I would love to have uh, resources that are readily available for me um, to where uh, we can take the product that we're creating to like the highest lengths possible. Um, and I'm always open to that. It just always comes down. I, I always say this. I'm like, it always comes down to the right situation, the right synergy, the right understanding of what's going on and transparency. You know, I don't think there's necessarily anything. I don't think there's a right. There's a good deal or let me not say that there are good deals. There are bad deals, but the real intention, intentionality for me has always been like, okay, what am I aiming to achieve and what am I aiming to do? And who's going to align with that? You might be giving up a lot of money in exchange for exposure with a lot exactly, of labels. Exactly. A hundred percent. And it all depends, you know, like there's a lot of people. I always say, man, like go with what you want. So like, if you want to, if you want to get it out the mud and you want that oil well money and you want to be rust and yeah, prepare to roll up your sleeves and get it cracking. You know, not everybody wants to be rust. Not everybody wants to produce mix master and, you know, record everything themselves and then put it out, you know, and go hard for five years to make 10 million in one quarter. Like it's great. You know what I mean? It's amazing. It's, it's incredible, but you know, that's not everybody's passion, you know, but at the same time, not everybody wants to just show up and be the artist and have everything handed for them, handled for them. You know what I mean? Like, and a lot of people, and so it's just kind of like, you gotta just have an understanding of who you are as an artist, how you like to work, what you like to do, and try to have your business reflect that understanding of self, you know, which is why it's so important to know who you are as a person um, outside of the music so that you can really enjoy the process of making music and reflect your business with that as well, you know? Do you yeah. want to, will you host our podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <Would> you, <mind>? <laughs> you guys are amazing, man, for real. We will hand it over. Really <laughs> <laughs> Truly. 
<laughs> I appreciate you guys for real. Thank you. As you're uh, working on all these drops and working toward this album, are you able to plan out any live dates? Or are people going to be able to see you perform this year, do you think? I don't know. I don't know what these COVID streets are looking like. Yeah. Um, but I know I'm, I'm looking to go to Australia, though. Australia, I'm trying to go um, late June. No, late May, early June. Um, the States, I don't know. I'm just waiting to see how this whole, you know, video game, I <laughs> get it, yeah. <laughs> game yeah. plays out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 100%. Well, um, yeah. as we wait for these live dates to pop off, where can everybody find you right now? And also, we will be playing Clam Chowder at the end of this uh, chat with you. So where can everyone find you in the meantime while we're waiting on those live shows? Absolutely. You can find me uh, at uh, any of my socials, Sylvan LaCue, S-Y-L-V-A-N-L-A-C-U-E. That's Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Or you can just go to sylvanlacue.com um, and find everything there as well. Uh, you will find the .com there. Uh, or if you just kind of want to Google search, you can just type in my first and last name too. Uh, it all happens, you know. Uh, YouTube works pretty well. I got a lot of music videos, so Sylvan McHugh will pop up pretty frequently. And uh, yeah, uh, just have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you enjoy what you see. This Fuck is yeah. such a good time. Thank you so much. Will you please come back anytime? Like anytime you have anything to talk about, we will be here to hang. Yes, absolutely. I will be back. I will 100% be back. This is such a pleasure. Truly. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Amazing. Well, everybody, put them in your algorithm. And you can find us at Weed and Grub on Instagram or WG at Weed and Grub is our email. Leave us a five-star review. Leave reviews for everything that Sylvan does so that he pops Please. up in your friend's algorithms, too. It's all a game. So play the game and support each other. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Bye, everybody. Bye. Ain't shit, I'm about to bow for Shells on my back, got me feeling like Bowser Pull up by myself, dawg, fuck you, bring a crowd for You ain't in the field, dawg, you be in your browser Brad ball, clam chowder Lime on my trout, got my bitch on my trousers Niggas done switched up again, wowzers These days, I'm the only one I ever vouch for Whoa, hold up, wait, don't be nervous I do everything on purpose Love my free time, told my niggas Text me first before you call unless it's urgent Freak on my leash, freak on my leash C-70-C's, fuck dog. where the love that? I feel some way, why should I feel above that? You ain't about to get the last laugh, nigga I put up the stash, put up the last half, nigga Hold up, how you been? Back up in this bitch and feel this at home since my mama did Come and slow, I probably rock you cold if you come out your bitch Shot it go like I know you got cold, but this ain't time to bitch Caesar pop the crisis in my pockets while he mock assist Hundred thousand for the two-piece, hallelujah, nigga, praise Jesus Fuck rap, I need a new lease by the water where you can't see Niggas done switched up again. Nah, nigga, you're not my friend. Hold up. Yeah, trauma come, trauma come, I don't even feel. Trauma come, trauma come, I don't even feel. For die hard, I'ma die hard, Bruce Willis. Yeah. For die hard, I'ma die hard, Bruce Willis. Oh, yeah. Trauma come, trauma come, I don't even feel. Yeah. Trauma come, trauma come, I don't even feel. Yeah. For die hard, I'ma die hard, Bruce Willis. For die hard, I'ma die hard, Bruce Willis. Ain't shit, I'm about to bow for Shells on my back, got me feeling like Bowser Pull up by myself, dawg, fuck you, bring a crowd for You ain't in the field, dawg, you be in your browser Bread ball, clam chowder Lime on my trout, got my bitch on my trousers Niggas done switched up again, wowzers These days, I'm the only one I ever vouch for